0: Hello, welcome to God Day. I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. Today I want to talk about God's Hall of Fame. Uh, This is what I'm talking about, um, Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, Paul actually gives a whole list of examples of of the Old Testament heroes of faith and uh, he's describing what real faith looks like. Of course, faith is trusting in God, uh, but it's expressed in, in certain ways. And these are given as examples to us of how to live our life of faith. In fact, if we just back up into Hebrews 10, uh, we see the setting for this. In, in Hebrews uh, 10, 37 and 38, it says, for yet a little while, and he who is coming, this is God. Faith connects us to the reality of of who God is. Um, That's the essence of faith, really, that behind all the visible things of this life, we believe in a God who is ultimately going to be in control and he's ultimately going to uh, bring things through the way that they ought to be. He who is coming will come and will not tarry. Uh, God will fulfill all his promises. Verse 38, now the just or the righteous shall live by faith. And, and this could, is also that the, we are righteous by faith, but we also now live by faith. So the topic here is living by faith. Uh, how, how do we live by faith? What does that look like? And then chapter 11 now, he's really answering that question with all these uh, great examples from the Old Testament. And, and he starts in chapter 11 verse 1 saying, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so uh, it also could be translated the assurance of things hoped for and, and, the sh- and of things not seen. So we can't see God, uh, we can't see the fulfillment of the promises of all the promises of God yet, and but yet we have the assurance of that praise God. The Word of God is like the title deed of the promises. we can't see the house that that title deed uh, you know promises us guarantees us, but the promise of God says this this is ours, praise God and Through faith in the Word of God, we have that assurance that God is real, that God loves us, that God will fulfill all his promises. That's what it's saying. And then it says, for by it the elders, and this is a reference to the Old Testament saints, obtained a good testimony. God was pleased with them because of their faith. And and now he describes the different qualities of, of faith. But before we do that, let us just point out that when he completes the list of these Old Testament heroes, uh, in chapter 12, he, he adds something that in, in the chapter break, if we're not careful, we, we miss the connection with chapter 11. In chapter 12, he says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily enslares us and let us run with endurance the race set before us in in other words it's the picture here is like the olympic stadium all right and when he talks about a cloud of witnesses it's all the people who are sitting in the grandstands they are the people actually who've already run their race he's talking about these old testament saints they are the cloud of witnesses. So first of all, they, they, their lives are witnesses to us of faith, of how to live by faith. They, they witness to us. They encourage us. They give us examples. They inspire us. They are a great cloud of witnesses. They are, they've run their race. They're in the stands. And now it says we are on the racetrack right now. And therefore, he says, be inspired by this cloud of witnesses. Lay aside every weight and every sin that possesses you and run your race like these guys did. Run your race that is set before you. We all have a race for, to, to run. And so let's have a look at a few, as time permits, of these, and, and each one of them gives us a clear characteristic of faith. What, what does it mean to be a man, a woman of faith? Well, the very first one, uh, is very basic, but verse 3 it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And so faith begins with faith in creation, faith in the creator God. This is like the 101 of faith, isn't it? That this world that we see actually was made by, uh, that, that came from nothing, but by God's power, by God's word, that the worlds were framed by the word of God, and God spoke this universe into existence, that there is a God who created this universe. That's, That's the very beginning of what it means to have faith, faith in creation. And then he goes on, and his first example is Abel. Um, It says, by faith Abel, and this is a reference to Genesis chapter 4, by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained a witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. In other words, Abel is speaking to us today. He is a witness of what it means to be a true believer. And Abel teaches us this vital lesson that's the next lesson to learn, actually, after creation is that true faith in God must be based on the blood of Christ, on the right sacrifice. Uh, That's what what it says. Now, let's look at the story in Genesis chapter 4. It says in verse 2 Abel was a keeper of sheep, Cain, a tiller of the ground, in the process of time, or it was, I think, an annual event, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit to the ground to the Lord. Now, that, that sounds okay, except that it was disobedient. God ordained animal sacrifices because he was giving a picture of the sacrifice of Christ, that the, it's the shedding of blood that is necessary to cover sin. So Cain decided to do his own thing. Abel got it right, of course. He brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. He gave a sacrifice, uh, a, a, an animal sacrifice, as God ordained it. And God and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, and he did not respect Cain and his offering. See, Cain's offering was the fruit of his own labor in, in the ground. And when we try and offer to God our our works, uh, that's not acceptable but when the the sacrifice that came from obedience and it was a picture of the sacrifice of Christ God accepted that sacrifice he accepted that blood and um, how did they know that well it must have been that fire came down upon Abel's sacrifice and and that's why they knew it was accepted and of course Cain became angry and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If, you, if you're obedient and offer a blood sacrifice and put your faith in the, in, in the blood sacrifice, then uh, will you not be accepted? But if you come on the basis of your works, you will be rejected. So if you do not do well, he says, uh, then be careful. If you decide I'm going to do this my way rather than God's way, then he says sin lies at the door. And he's talking about the sin nature in in the flesh. It's, it's like a wild beast and it's and it's waiting to pounce and take control of your life. It says, and its desire is for you. Its desire is to dominate you, but you should rule over it. In other words, we can rule over that sin nature by God's grace. But if you decide to do it your way and just walk your own, in your own way without reference to God, then that sin nature is going to get more and more control of your life and you will become uh, bitter and you will, you will become worse and worse as the years go on because of that sin nature. And of course, Cain refused to repent and he ended up being controlled by his sin nature and he even murdered Abel. And it's as if Cain was saying, God, you want blood, I'll give you blood. And he kills Abel. And so down the ages, Cain, as it were, the unbeliever has been killing and persecuting Abel, the true believers. So the true believer is the believer who believes, who who trusts in the blood sacrifice of Christ and in God's grace for the forgiveness of their sins. Whereas the Cain is the opposite, those reject salvation through blood, and they replace it with their own man-made religion, man-made salvation, and they cannot but help but come under the power of their sin nature and they do not find salvation and they even end up being those who persecute the true believers. The Bible is clear that it's through the shedding of blood, Hebrews 922. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. True faith must go beyond just believing there's a creator. You have to believe in the redemption, the salvation, through the blood of Christ. And this is right there, right at the start of of the Bible. So, if we go back to Hebrews 11, the next picture of faith is is a lovely one too, and this is Enoch, verse five. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God." Uh, And Enoch is, again, a wonderful example of faith. That's the next lesson of faith. After you've learned the lesson of your faith must be based in the blood of the lamb, the next lesson is that faith leads you into and is expressed in a life of fellowship with God that's the great thing about Enoch he walked with God what a lovely description that is it says um, that Enoch was taken away into God's presence because he pleased God and then it goes on in verse 6 to say but without faith it's impossible to please him so his pleasing of God through faith was expressed primarily in the fact simply that he walked with God, and he spent time with God. And of course, we, we find out from other scriptures that Enoch was a prophet, and uh, you know he, he, God, he and God talked together, spent time together, and he also gave God's revelations. But he says, without faith, It's impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So Enoch's faith was expressed by seeking God, diligently seeking God, wanting to know God more, wanting to get closer to God, knowing that by doing that, he'll be rewarded with a greater revelation of God and so on. And so faith is expressed in seeking God. Uh, and walking with God spending time with God and God was pleased with that kind of faith and so this is the next step in faith is is really is 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 knowing God and walking with God it's it's really fellowshipping with God it's a very simple truth but uh, it says that in Genesis 5 that um he Begot uh, Enoch. After he begot Methuselah, he walked with God for three hundred years. That's pretty good, isn't it? Walking with God for three hundred years, and uh, he—it seems like, you know, uh, God um, used him in a great way. There are there is a book of Enoch that's not in the Bible that Jude quotes from, that uh, gives some idea of what Enoch, as a prophet, uh, was involved with. And um, and so one way that this has been described is that he's walking with God, and God says, hey Enoch, we're closer to my place than yours. Why don't you just come home with me? And it says that Enoch was not. He, for God, took him. So he, Enoch, just that was the characteristic of his life. That should be the characteristic of our life, that we walk with God. That—that That is a proof of faith, really, that you are seeking God. You believe that if you seek God, God will reward you. He'll reward you with more of himself, more of his presence, more of his life. And and so if you're a real believer, you will be a God seeker. And um, that, that is the next key lesson of faith. Well, the next lesson of faith after that is that we shouldn't just be fellowshipping with God, but we should be a witness to God. And this is where we turn to our next hero of faith, which is Noah. And the key thing about Noah is he built the ark uh, and, and he warned his generation of that there was judgment coming, but also that he built this ark and he said, look, if you believe God says you can be saved if you will believe this message and repent of your sin and put your trust in God's word you can be saved by coming into the ark and be saved from that judgment and uh, so Noah preached the gospel to his generation and he warned them and so I would say the next characteristic is that faith witnesses to a lost generation uh, it's not just about us walking with God, but we witness to the, to, to the world, that's, that's the next key expression of faith. And No doubt Noah got a lot of ridicule for his witness, a lot of criticism, a lot of persecution, a lot of mockery, but he was faithful in that. And so it says in verse uh, 7, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, again. This faith is our sixth sense. Through faith, we know the invisible, things that are not seen, but God reveals them to us through his word, through his spirit. We have this sixth sense called faith, praise God. And Noah had that faith that God's judgment was coming. Moved with godly fear, he was submitted to God, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, and so, he obeyed God, and he prepared this ark, and it says, by which he condemned the world. What that means is, he preached the gospel to the world, but because they rejected him, they, that was their condemnation. They rejected the offer of salvation. And it says, he became the heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. So I want you to notice that Noah is an example of faith to us, primarily uh, because he warned his generation, he witnessed to his generation, and and one two Peter two five says that he says God did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness. You see, he was a preacher, uh, and so all the people came to see this remarkable huge ship that no one had ever seen before, being built in the middle of dry land. Like what on earth are you doing, Noah? but that was a sign to them and then he would use that as an illustrated sermon. He would say this ark is going to come in useful soon because God's going to flood this world with water and there will be salvation through the ark, through faith. And so we need to be like Noah, we need to witness to the world, we need to tell them judgment day is coming, there is a day coming when God will judge the whole world and But he's provided an ark of salvation for you who is jesus christ and if you'll turn to him and trust in him praise god you will be saved if you're in christ because christ the ark of salvation has taken the waters of judgment for you he's taken all the judgment of god for you on the cross so that if you're in him you will not come under judgment but you'll enter into a new covenant and a new life praise god And so Noah gave his life serving the Lord by witnessing, obeying God by building the ark and uh, causing his whole family to be saved. Praise God. And so that's the next expression of faith. Praise God. Faith believes in creation. Faith trusts in the blood. Faith walks with God in fellowship with God, seeking in faith and Faith witnesses to his world and gives the gospel to his world. Well, there are many other examples. The next one is Abraham, um, is an example of obedience. Faith obeys God. Sometimes God speaks to us like he does to Abraham, and he tells us to get outside our comfort zone. Abraham had a nice house in in a city, and he was told to go to a place he didn't know. And so faith is, is all about obeying God. And that's the next big step. It says in verse uh, 8, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place where he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Sometimes God just gives us a command to do, a calling in life. And, and we might seem... Where are we going? Where am I heading? You just got to trust God. Put your hand in God's hand and just trust him. And and he will get you to where you're meant to go. But this is a picture of faith, is obeying God um, in your life mission. And uh, it says that he, by faith, he dwelt, not in a nice house, but he dwelt in tents. as he waited, it says, verse 10, for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. And so God asked him to live in tents and, and, and be, as it were, a traveler, rather than putting his trust in one place, because God wanted him to be an example for all of us of someone whose hope is in heaven. This is the next principle, that he waited for the city of God, the New Jerusalem, which uh, is the city of God. In other words, it's the promise that when we die, we will go to the heavenly city. That's our eternal home. And so we are not we are we are pilgrims on this earth. We are not to be too attached to this world, because our ultimate goal is our heavenly citizenship in the heavenly city. And that's the next characteristic of faith that we that our We are not, as it were, worldlings. We are not earth dwellers. We are citizens of heaven. Um, Then it talks about faith in Sarah's faith, actually, in verse 11, by faith Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. And this is faith to believe the promise of God. She was 90, and yet God gave her a promise of a child. But the promise of God to you might be anything. It might be a promise of healing. It might be a promise of new life, of of blessing of some sort. And and that that promise is like a seed. And she received power to conceive. And she, not just to conceive, but as a 90-year-old, to carry her baby to fullness. That's an amazing healing that she received. And so it says... The key, she judged him faithful who promised. That's the next characteristic of faith, is that we believe and we receive the promises of God for us. How do we do that? We judge God faithful who promised. We take God at his word. We say, Lord, you promise us this, so I trust you and I receive the strength for my body. I receive my healing, you see. faith. The next aspect of faith is believing the promises of God. And then through that faith, God's power strengthened her body and she was able to give birth. Praise God. And then it talks about uh, other aspects of faith. We don't have time, but it it says that we uh, receive the promises of God. It says, these died in faith, verse 13, "who, who received the promises... Um, sorry not having received the promises it says but they were assured of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth Um, it says for those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland Uh, that is verse 16 a heavenly country in other words they The promise they didn't receive was the promise of going to heaven when they died, because that was only made available when Jesus died and rose again. But their assurance, their their trusting in God for the heavenly promise that when they died, they would go to heaven. And that promise was ultimately fulfilled uh, for them, praise God. But they, they had to wait for that fulfillment. So again, we see the nature of their faith was they didn't make the world their home. They were pilgrims and strangers on the earth because their real ultimate hope was their hope of eternal life with God in heaven, in the heavenly city. Well, the next one was Abraham offering up Isaac. And this is a great picture of faith, of course, where Isaac being the most precious thing that he had. Uh, God wanted to make sure that the gift of God, that God gives us, the most precious thing that God gives us in this life is is not more important to us than God himself. He says, this son whom you love. But the question is, did he love God more than he loved his son? That was the big issue. Because if we love things, things in this life more than we love God, then that's idolatry. And Abraham was optimistic asked to offer up, to sacrifice that thing that he valued the most in this life and that's the biggest test probably we'll ever have when if God asks us to give something up or to sacrifice something for him, to lay something down and then in such a way that we have to trust God to resurrect it in due time, that way we get our own covetous hands off that thing and we allow God and when he did that of course God, as it were, raised Isaac up and blessed Abraham in a new way because he was willing to surrender that thing to God. That's a big aspect of faith. Your ability to entrust that thing into God's hands and trust God. And if God wants to resurrect it, then he'll resurrect it. But you're, you're saying, God, you're more important to me than that thing. Well, God bless you. I hope you've inspired to live your life of faith. Amen.